TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The defendant is present before this court, out of custody, alongside his attorney, Mr. James Nobles. On November 6th of 2023, Mr. Pigeon pled guilty to one count of sexual abuse in the first degree admitting to having sexual contact with a child less than 11 years old. I have reviewed the PSI and I do have some corrections before uh, the, uh, we give statements from the victim and from the people. Judge, I want your, to draw your attention to the PSI, to page four. If you look at the first paragraph, last sentence, it states that the defendant would appear to meet the criteria for being designated as a second felony offender and that is not correct. Pursuant to Penal Law 70.06 B2, the defendant should be sentenced as a first-time felony offender since the sentence on the prior convictions were not imposed prior to the commission of the present offense. The commission of the sexual assault occurred between November 23, 2016 and December 25, 2016, while the sentencings for the defendant's prior convictions for bribery of a public official fraud and violation of the elections law were imposed on July 27th of 22 and July of 8th, 22. Therefore, by law, the defendant does not qualify as a second felony offender. There are other pages in this PSI that denote him as the second felony offender, so I would also bring to the court's attention page nine, the second to last uh, sentence of the first paragraph, as well as the recommendation. It also incorrectly states that the defendant is a second felony offender. I would ask for those things to be corrected. Yes, I noticed that myself, and uh, the record will show that uh, this question has been made. And uh, Judge, as far as the description of the present offense, uh, it does state that the purpose of the defendant taking the victim out uh, that evening was to celebrate her birthday. That's just a, a factually incorrect statement. It was, uh, it was a Christmas present. Right, so and that noted. is page five, Judge. So noted. So um, I otherwise see no errors or omissions. Oh, excuse me. But pursuant um, before um, I move this matter right up for sentencing, I would ask the court to set a date for a SORA hearing uh, about one month prior to the defendant's release from custody. As the court is aware, the defendant uh, will be a registered sex offender upon his release. So we would need to schedule a date about one month prior. All right. Well, under the law, it's no longer technically a year in local jail. It's 364 days. That law has been changed several years ago, I believe. 
and with calculating good time, have the attorneys come up with a approximate date that I should look at? We could pick a target date and we can always adjust it. Well, Your Honor, what we could do, um, having done this in the past, is when we get a little bit um, closer, when he's about six months into his sentence, we can check with the jail and get a better date of his release and contact the court, and then we can pick a date for the sex offender registration assessment hearing at that time. I think that's what I thought we would do, but I thought there was a change, but let's do that, all right? That, that's agreeable. Thank you, Judge. All right. Anything else? Well, Judge, before the matter is turned over to the defense, um, I would just like to read the victim's statement into the record. Caitlin and her family are present today. We did serve notice upon the court that she would speak, but she is elected for uh, me to read the statement, and then I do have some remarks following that. All right. Um, that's fine. Okay. Dear Judge Bowler, I've been putting this off for a little while now because, honestly, I have no idea how to put the last seven years of my life into a statement. But I'm going to do my best to explain everything that I've had to go through and deal with from the time I was in fourth grade until now. I remember for the first year after it happened, I honestly didn't know what had actually happened. I knew it was wrong and that it shouldn't have happened, but I was a child. I didn't know what rape was or what it meant. The day I found out what actually happened to me, I remember feeling so disgusted and scared. I wanted to go tell my mom, but then I remembered Steve saying that if I told anyone, he would hurt my mother and brother. I was never the same. I went from such a happy little girl to someone my family couldn't even recognize. I tried to end my life twice, once when I was 10 and once again when I was 12. I thought there was something wrong with me I started hanging out with not great people, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Lying, sneaking out, fighting, smoking weed, even drinking, just so I could feel absolutely nothing. I feel as though there is a big misconception when it comes to this topic. I think a lot of people think that the only action of rape, that only the action of rape is what messes someone up. But in reality, it is also the nightmares, the PTSD attacks, the panic attacks, and so much more. I remember one time I had a nightmare about that night. I woke up sweating and crying. It felt like I couldn't breathe. It was three in the morning and I had to get up and shower because of how gross I felt. It affected my grades, my attendance as well, because at that point, I didn't care about anything. I'm now homeschooled because waking up at five in the morning after a nightmare-fueled sleep was becoming too much. The stress of the trial that we almost had was practically debilitating. It also affected my relationships, even my mother and I's relationship. There was a point where I couldn't even look at her. Part of me felt like she should have known what was happening, and, blamed, and I blamed her for my suffering. Other parts of me felt awful because I was treating her so horribly. It's been seven years and our relationship is just starting to be repaired. He took away practically my whole childhood. I've spent two birthdays with the district attorney's office, and I'm still nowhere close to being fully healed, but I'm starting the journey of finding out who I am as my own person and not a victim. I wish that Gerald Stephen Pigeon would spend the rest of his life in prison for what he did to me, 
but we don't always get exactly what we want. I am so relieved. After three long years, I finally have some justice for myself. Thank you for listening to everything I had to say. Thank you. Now, Judge, you have also received many other statements from the family members um, of Caitlin. And those statements demonstrate the far-reaching consequences that the sexual assault of a child has when it occurs within a family. The sexual assault of a child is a completely evil act. It is one without justification or redemption. But this case is much more than that. Here, the defendant, a powerful man, cloaked in the protections of wealth and political influence, undoubtedly thought he could do whatever he wanted, and either no one would believe the victim or that no one would care. The courage required to stand up to the rich, the powerful, and the influential is something that many adults in this community would not have had. But Caitlin did. Caitlin lived with the defendant's horrible secret for years. And, it's, and that secret negatively affected her life because she had to take steps to numb the pain of the attack until finally she told. And this is a very important thing to understand. When Caitlin disclosed the defendant's sexual assault, she did something that most children never do. Most children who are victims of sexual assault never tell. And the vast majority of those who do tell years after the fact. And there are many reasons for that. One would be fear, like in this case, where the assaulter threatens to harm the child or someone they love. Sometimes it's confusion or guilt. They don't understand what happened to them, or they think it's their fault or love, knowing that if they disclose what this family member did to them, it will rip the family apart. The sexual abuse of children is a silent pandemic in this community. And for those who do tell, after reporting, they suddenly find themselves under fire, accused of being a liar or being mentally ill. And this case was a particularly horrific example of that. The defendant, with his political influence, his political friends took to the media, criticizing the victim's integrity and mental health. Caitlin didn't just survive a sexual assault. She survived three years of the defendant's political friends criticizing her family, her character, and her sanity. But truth is a powerful thing. And truth comes to light at trial. That is likely why the defense reached out to the Erie County DA's office before this matter could go to trial and requested a plea. Now, I know Your Honor has reviewed the victim's state family statements, and I know you are aware they think that one year is not one year is too few. However, Caitlin's desire for closure and to hear the defendant finally, finally admit to the world what he has spent so long denying serves the interest of justice in this case. And although he has admitted guilt, my review of the PSI shows that he is utterly lacking in remorse. He talks about his life after this sentence is over, where as a newly registered sex offender, he will move to Florida and live with his rich friend, Tom Galisano. Today, 
the defendant will have an opportunity to address the court. And here in front of his family, I hope that he will finally apologize for destroying a young child's life and for ripping his family apart. Thank you. We are present for the purpose of sentencing on the defendant's plea of guilty to sexual abuse, first degree, contact with an individual less than 11 years of age, a de-violent felony. Before I continue with this plea colloquy, based mm -hmm. on the facts of this most disturbing case, this court must first make out a record regarding sentencing, which was on a Farrar basis. I believe courts have an obligation to promote public trust in its institutions by being transparent and to delineate legal proceedings, especially in criminal cases. This court was fully prepared to conduct a scheduled two-week trial in early December regarding this case. It came as a surprise for the court to learn that both the people and the defense had a proposed resolution in this case. The legal term for such a proposed resolution is called a Farrar plea. A Farrar plea is a plea bargain whereby the defendant and the prosecutor agree to a sentence. However, the judge has the ultimate decision on whether to accept the agreement. When presented with this Farrar plea, the very first question this court had for the people was, does the young victim and her mother agree with this proposed resolution of one year of local time in county jail? On the record, I was assured that both were in agreement. I was further told that the victim wanted closure and that she wished to get on with her life. Had this court rejected the Farrar plea, it would have forced the victim to go to trial against her wishes. I have received four victim impact statements from the victim, her mother, and her two sisters. I've read each and every one of them. With regard to the victim's mother, the sentence says, I would be lying if I told you I am okay with the minimum sentence that is about to be given. That is what it is, and we will have to accept it. Another victim statement from a sister, and this is, I took great note on this. It says, as far as his punishment goes here on earth, it is disgraceful. One year behind bars, and then good behavior? There is seriously something wrong with our judicial system. And I wrote, no, it is what the DA and the victim agreed to. And I wanted plain and simple that I was prepared to go to trial, give the fairest jury trial we could have, let it up to the jury. If the individual is acquitted, which is always the case on a jury trial, he walks free. However, if he was convicted and there were more serious charges on the indictment than, was, than what he's being pled to today, without a doubt, he would have spent the rest of his life in jail if convicted of those charges. So there is a reason why we have this for our basis, and I've approved it. <clears throat> and just for the record, based on the statements that I read in the victim impact 
statements before I continue with the sentencing pursuant to the Farrar agreement, I will ask the district attorney, which he's already done, did this morning, but do you wish me to continue the sentencing after conferring with the victims pursuant to the Farrar agreement? Yeah. Yes, Judge. The victim requires closure. And, and I totally understand that. But I want, especially some right. of the victim's family that wrote me these statements, not the mother, that this is not the judicial system that is to be criticized. This is what the victim and the parties agreed to. Your Honor, if I may elaborate briefly, <clears throat> we had extensive conversations with every family member and everybody that submitted a victim impact statement with you. The decision of the family was that what Caitlin wanted would control, and they supported that decision 100%, and they are all here today in support with Caitlin, and they want this sentence to go through. Their personal belief of what they would like to have happen would not override their wishes to support Caitlin's decision to have this over with. Well, the sentence where this one person, I won't mention the name, said there's something seriously wrong with their judicial system, I think should have been deleted, because this is the judicial system working, working with what the victim, what's best for the victim. But that one sentence, I found it objectionable. Therefore, we're going to continue now. I'll ask defense counsel now if he had the opportunity to go over the pre-sentence report. We've made some amendments, I believe, with your consent already. Anything else as far as the pre-sentence report? No, Judge. We discussed the amendments yesterday, and I agree with the amendments as it relates to the second felony offender. I know that's something that we discussed in chambers when we talked about this plea, so I think those are appropriate. Beyond that, Judge, we have no additions, deletions, or objections to the pre-sentence investigation as it's been prepared. I have reviewed it with my client. All right. Now I would ask if you have a statement on behalf of your client prior to sentence. I do not, Judge. I just would note that this was a disposition that was reached by agreement of the parties after an intense period of investigation into the case, preparation for trial, and not on the eve of trial, but certainly close enough. And I think it's that preparation and work on both sides that led us to the negotiated plea that we entered into, and I would ask you to impose that today. All right. Under the law, I'm required to inform the defendant if he would like to address the court. You're under no obligation, but now is your chance if you want to say anything on the record. No, Your Honor, not today. No apology? Not today. All right. Then we'll continue. It is a judgment of this court that upon your conviction for the crime of sexual abuse in the first degree, conduct with an individual less than 11 years of age, that you are sentenced to a local term of imprisonment of 364 days at the Erie County Correctional Facility. We will go over now the surcharges. Mandatory surcharge of $300 is hereby imposed, as is the crime victim's assistance fee of $25 and a $50 DNA data bank fee. Also, a $50 sex offender registration fee is hereby imposed, together with a mandated supplemental sex offender fee of $1,000, all to be paid out of prison funds. Any balance due upon your release from jail is due six months after release to the Erie County Clerk's Office. You have 30 days within which to file a notice of appeal, and as stated earlier, we will be coming back for a sex offender registration hearing. Thank you, Your Honor. I believe that concludes the matter. Thank you. Judge, I apologize to the court. 
as part of the sentencing, the people are requesting the court implement a final order of protection for the victim. A temporary one has been pending while this case has been pending. Uh, according to our math, since the, if the order is issued today, it would remain in effect until December 22nd of 2031. I have not, Judge. There's three copies in front of you, Judge. And just for the record, it's the uh, exact same uh, information that was on the temporary one with just the change of the date of issuance to today and the date of expiration to December 22nd of 2031 and indicating that it's a final rather than a temporary. This is what's Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 